Hey guys, welcome back to my ride or die. And I just realized that we never say that at the beginning of our episodes. No, we don't. At all. This is episode 31 with Diana and Chantal. Again. Yay! I'm finally back, bitches. It's been a while. It's been a hot, hot minute, man. Just a hot minute. That's just it. a hot minute. <laughs> you guys, I am so happy to be back. I am so sorry about my hiatus. My new job has been so all-consuming. And every single day, I was just saying to Diana that like every single day that I don't record and that passes by, I'm always like, man, I just have got to get back into a groove with this. I've hated being so disconnected from all of you and everything. And I don't want Diana to ever feel like I'm leaving her high and dry in the podcast. And Never. Good. Yeah. I'm just so glad to be back, man. Holy fuck. I've been so excited to finally do this. Yes. Yes. It's not just about you guys, sorry, but like we have so much fun doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's for us too. We do it all the time when we're together. We do this oh, banter. Yeah, yeah this is recording. literally like us. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. <laughs> Go ahead. All. No, this is our banter all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of nice to do it for people listening. Oh, yeah. That have told us they like it. So right. Clearly, we'll keep doing it. Because, I mean, <laughs> We, we're hilarious. We're fucking hilarious. We're fucking hilarious. We know it. We know it. <laughs> we know everyone else will think so, too. Yep. Mm -hmm. We get told all the time. Oh, totally. I've had people come up and tell us before that we're the life of the party. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've had that, too, with the parties we have or any parties we go to. And we are. Yeah, we are the life of the party. We generally <laughs> are one of the last people to leave oh my god dude right all the time yeah and it's so great we shut the place down like almost everywhere we go we do almost everywhere we go yeah we have shut it down i honestly i think the only place we haven't was when we went to the corral yeah. and it was just like the twilight zone and it wasn't because of me at all no yeah and it's even funnier yeah because it had nothing to do with diana like you were just were not feeling it i was yeah just so uncomfortable yeah, yeah. so unbelievably uncomfortable this is just not what it used to be nope yeah to think of going into a western bar okay and showing up in my jeans and my cowboy boots which is also normal attire for me i was gonna two-step when wearing my jeans and my cowboy boots and to be the minority in a country bar in jeans and cowboy boots. And your cowboy hat. And my hat, which, as you know, I was like, no, I'm not fucking wearing this. I am like the only person here. Not Whereas true. when I was 19 and stuff, everybody yeah. was dressed like I was. You were not the only person wearing that hat. There was more? Yeah. Yeah, I don't there remember. Were. I honestly don't but it, remember. It was definitely the minority. I was blown away because I tried to dress. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck do I dress? going to a fucking country bar and i tried to not dress like i was going to a club everyone was dressed like they went to a club yep not a country club and i was yep. like well fuck <laughs> well fuck right but there were a few people and i kept telling chantal to keep the hat on because all of the girls were hitting on chantal and i was like dude keep the fucking hat on what are you doing keep it on but i understand the discomfort because you went there Thinking it was going to be a certain vibe, what you experienced. Yeah, the, the way it's it always been. And it, it what definitely was no, not that. No, it was not. I felt like I wasn't even in the corral anymore. Even for me, I, I'd been there once and I had no idea where I was going. Then I dressed That's up so like funny. I was going to a club. Yeah, because, and it was like all cowboys. And I was all cowboys and I stuck on like a fucking sore thumb this time. 
It's like, nope, not doing that again. And I was like, well, God damn it. <laughs> I would have fit right in. It is not a country club anymore at all. No. Even like the way they've renovated the inside. Yeah. It's so different than the way it was. Yeah. So different. I miss that old dance floor. Well, as you know, I have a piece of the old dance floor. Yep. That piece of wood means so much to me. That piece of wood means That's... so much to me. It's like the first episode. I've handled a lot of snakes. A lot of snakes. A lot snakes. of snakes. You know? That and was so funny. A piece of wood means so <laughs> much to me. You know, there's some pieces of wood out there that are very, very memorable. And you just, you know, want to keep the memory alive and all that. <laughs> this is true. This is one of those pieces yeah, of wood, apparently. Absolutely. It's so funny that Diana always sees the sexual side of some things that I say. And, like, I don't see it at all. Like, it's just right over my head. I'm so literal about what I'm saying until she points it out. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's my superpower. I'm not sorry. I was going to say I'm sorry, but I'm really no, it, not. No, it's really funny. I'm not sorry at all. You say some shit, I'm like, are you hearing yourself? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. It's funny. You got this important piece of wood in your life. I do. <laughs> but seriously, it is important to me. That piece of wood is, it's literally a piece of the dance floor that I got. I remember... When the one guy who worked there, he was a DJ there for eons. I was there one night and I was actually there with Jay and Taylor. Alex was there too. And it was also for like Jay and I's birthday because both of our birthdays in February. Yeah. And, and it's close. So we went and celebrated together. It was so fun and it was like country vibe. Like it was so different even then. Crazy. Closer to the way that it's always been. Like I wasn't uncomfortable in the slightest. I fit right in. Yep. So anyways, where was I going with this? Squirrel. We were talking about me pointing out. Oh, yeah, the dance the obvious... floor. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah, so I think it was the DJ who came out and he was talking about it. And I was like, oh, my God, so-and-so. Do you have any leftover? Can I please have a piece of it? And he was like, yeah, hang on. And I was just like so happy that he came out and brought me out like a piece. And I'm like, oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Just meant so much to me. The Corral is a very old building in Kelowna, too. It's one of the oldest buildings in Kelowna. It is. Yeah, I, that I did know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a historic landmark in Kelowna. So... I don't know, like, I'm kind of with the boomers on this, which does not happen very often. Not at all. I do, not no, at all. I don't want the corral to fucking change. <laughs> I am not okay with this. It has unfortunately changed, though. I don't know that it'll ever go back. I know, and I'm not okay with it. <sighs> Just means you have to start up your own country bar, yeah, right. I suppose. I'd be your silent partner <laughs> in the background, as long as it's making money. <laughs> And you don't have to listen to country music? Yeah. You know what? I would be there, but I would have one of those headphones on. Right? <laughs> yeah. This, like, this, where... this, like silences. Oh, fuck. No. Where or I'm listening to my your own music. shit. Yeah, your music. I mean, <laughs> I would be dancing and people would be like, fuck, she is way off. Like, yeah. that is not <laughs> what this song is about. But I wouldn't give a shit because I'd be driving to, to my own beat, right? Yeah. I would totally do that. That's so funny. And then if someone came up to me, of course, I'd pull them off and see what they wanted to say. You know, and then put them right back on. <laughs> I'm down for that. Oh, you're hilarious. Yeah, I try. That one time I went there, it was completely different vibe. There was enough room for people to fucking line dance and, and yeah. do their twirly stuff, whatever you call that. Two-stepping. Two-stepping. twirly that, stuff. The twirly stuff. <laughs> that stuff. And everyone was doing it. And I had all of these older gentlemen, and I say that because they were gentlemen, yeah. coming oh, to totally. me and asking me to dance. And oh, I yeah. kept saying, I am so sorry. No, I do not know how to dance to this. Yep. And eventually I, I was like, okay. And the guy was like, I will show you. And he was this older gentleman. He was so sweet and he totally did. And I had fun. Yep. It was, it was great. Not my jam, but it was fun. 
but that's what it was. When we went this last time, it I was, was like a like, club. I, it was a club. Was I was club. like, oh, and every once in a while they threw in country music. Yeah. Yeah. Country like, music is even the weird. minority. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. I feel like, I don't know, like a chapter of my life from that time is now like closed. Because it's completely different now. Yeah. And it reminds me, too, that I'm getting older and the new generation is in their 20s and they are making their changes and I'm going through growing pains with it. Yeah. Oh, totally. And we all go through it, right? There's yeah. always going to be that. And that's just fucking life. There's enough clubs in Kelowna. They could have kept that Well, that's just club. it. I was like literally just thinking the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. There's enough clubs here for a small city where they could have kept that as a country bar totally. club. But maybe, and I hate to say this, maybe the crowds weren't coming in like they used to. Oh, absolutely. To it, absolutely. Right? For so sure. They, they got to adapt. About, yep. They have to think about their wallet. Yep. I and, completely understand that. Yep. And if they didn't think about that, yep. they probably would have to close completely. Absolutely. absolutely. Which is shit for the people that don't want it to change. But that's, I don't know. That's reality. That's life, right? Exactly. I completely understand that and respect that. It's a bummer to just to see that happening. It's it's sad to see that people aren't necessarily attracted to that anymore. Like, what happened? How, how did we all fall off the bandwagon with this? Everybody who I went to the crowd with and stuff, they're gone. It's all foreign faces. Everybody, gone. It's sad. Yeah. Like you said, growing pains, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep. It sucks. It really sucks. Why did we get on this topic? I don't know. <laughs> All right. No idea. Oh, wow. I mean, well, that hasn't changed, guys. <laughs> That's not changed. That has not changed. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway. Anyway. Speaking about clubs, we had Chantel's 30th birthday party at my house. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It was like a rave thing in my house always, right? Yeah. Like rave kind of vibe. Yeah, totally. Party, party. Of course, Chantal wanted to do neon paints, which I was totally down for. I had one black light bulb and then she got two extras and everyone was glowing in the dark that night. Yeah, it was so fucking rad. It was the best. Yeah, it was. It was so fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We have a lot of good photos. I took a yes. lot of good photos that night. You did. You took great photos. Rachel took great photos. Yep. yep. It was it was a lot of fun. I'm so glad that everybody who came was able to yeah and exactly. stuck around and yeah partied with us some people stayed really late like my friend Brittany stayed till like fucking 3 a.m or something Brittany, if you're listening i fucking love you she's another pork chop <laughs> fucking love it <laughs> she's great she's great for everyone that doesn't know what pork chop means it means portuguese so whatever <laughs> love her she's awesome <laughs> yeah she is yeah she's she's wonderful yep it was a very fun night, and Diana, I couldn't have done it without you. Diana hosted it at her house, and it was a blast. She did the decorations. Alicia helped with a bunch of decorations, and Alicia blew up a bunch of balloons and stuff and got a balloon arch, and yep. they, the way Diana tackled them and put them up, they did fantastic, and I'm so appreciative of all your guys' help. 
It was a great turnout. It was fun. Beer pong was so fun, even though I didn't drink beer. But no, well, no one did. So fun. Okay, I always found beer pong really gross. I know. Everyone filled the glasses with water. Yeah, and you have your drink to the side, and you have the drink to the side. That makes way more sense. Oh, totally. Beer pong is fucking disgusting. It's disgusting. People are touching the ball. Ew. Their dirty fingers leaving dirty little droplets in in your drink. Who knows what have they been doing with those little fingers all night? It's a fucking party. They're all drinking. Exactly. I don't want to think about where those fingers have been. Neither do I. It's so funny when we were playing because, like, I was I was pretty liquored. I drank a decent amount of Jack Daniels that night. And, um, and everyone's like asking me for towels, 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 because everything was. Oh my god, hour. that was so I was like, funny! I, I, I was like running around, literally at one point. I was like, towels. Where do I have towels? And I remember this specifically because I felt like not like an idiot, but I was just like, I know I have towels in the house, but where do I have towels? And then yeah, some th- this thing is grabbing my attention. That thing's grabbing my attention. I'm like, no focus, towels, towels. <laughs> That's so great. Focus on the fucking towels. That's so funny. That's pretty funny. That is funny. Yeah, we needed towels left, right, and center. And it was always like crisis mode because the water is just like on the floor and just soaking everyone's feet. But yeah, it was funny because when we were doing beer pong, Steph and I were on a team. And she's, oh, I absolutely love Steph. And she was such a good teammate. And uh, she, uh, was it she, her who said something? Or no, I think it was actually me who noticed that it didn't matter. What was going on? I just kept drinking. Oh, it didn't matter if we were losing or winning. I just kept drinking. I was like, I don't give a fuck how the how the score goes. It's your party. Fuck I'm it. just gonna keep drinking, and there then if go. I have to drink, fine. I was probably gonna drink anyways. There you go. Yeah, it's your party. Yeah, exactly. I'll do what I want within reason. Yeah, I was about to start singing that song, but it's a party, and I'll cry if I want to cry. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I can't sing. Anyways. Yes, you can. Actually, she was singing Goofy right there, but actually Diana has a beautiful voice. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you, my dear. You're welcome. Anyway, we had a couple of Polaroid cameras, so those are always fun. Oh, my God. Polaroid cameras are the best. You got to have those at parties, man. Totally. They are the bomb. They're so timeless. I know. Everything about Polaroid is just fucking fun. It's instant. And they always develop just such a cool picture. It looks very... Candid. Yeah. They Fucking are. shout out to Polaroid, man. Yeah. But yeah, it was super cool to have the Polaroid cameras and people just taking a bunch of photos. When people started getting to the party, it was just me, you, and Kaylee that had neon paint on mm-hmm. our faces. So everyone started going and getting their faces painted and shit. And it was just added to the, the whole atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm glowing in the dark, bitch. I don't know about you, but I am. Yeah. And you were really glowing because of your unicorn onesie. Yo, Diana was right. bright as fuck. Yeah, and Chantal gave me some moon buns. Wait. Space, space buns. buns. I was moon like, moon buns. buns. I was like, moon Close buns. Close enough. Wait. Moon buns. Space buns. I know I love space that. buns. As soon as I said it, I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> they were so much fun. They looked so good. They, I really, really enjoyed I'm glad them. that you did because it looked yes. so good. I had my unicorn onesie that was glowing in the dark. And then I had neon paint all over my face and all over my chest, neck and chest. Kaylee went to town. Yeah, she really did. She did great. And I'm happy she did. <laughs> yeah. Your freckle looked like you had like the freckles. It looked so good. Yeah. It, it looked was so cute. It was a lot of fun. And then Chantel didn't want anything specifically painted on her. So she just wanted paint splattered all over her. Yeah, literally just flick paint to me. Yep. Yeah. So we put some garbage bags down on my kitchen floor, mm-hmm. which did nothing. 
<laughs> at all. <laughs> the look on your face like, at all. No, seriously, was hilarious. I'm still finding paint on stuff. Oh my way. god, really? Yeah, because she lay down on the floor with garbage bags under her, and then you're flicking paint. Guess what? The paint was flicking everywhere, <laughs> not just on you on the floor. It was everywhere, which was fine because at least they're pretty color. For a while there, like Kaylee was trying to water down the paint because it was really yeah, really thick, thick whatever. Yeah. And then it looked, it looked like you had you got jizz on your face <laughs> going towards your ears. And I wasn't the only one that thought it because I think Steph was it Steph that came yeah, up to you. She said, "I gotta yeah. fix that. It looks like you have jizz on your face." Yeah, and I was she, like, yep. yeah, that is exactly what happened. And she licked her fucking thumb yeah, and, and fucking mobbed me. All the mom yeah, thing. the mom thing on my face. Nobody's done that shit to me since I was like five. That's hilarious. Only Steph. If we ever go to one of those like underground clubs where they're the big drums and the neon paint and stuff. I would just be like fucking splattered in paint head to well, toe. That just emphasizes the want and the need for us to go to like Europe or one of those yeah. places where they have these underground fucking crazy ass parties. Yeah. We need to go. We do. So bad. Right? Especially if they're in the catacombs. Oh my God, dude. What? No. I'm kidding. Okay, I good. Totally, I'm kidding. I've watched enough of those horror movies. I'm like, fuck that, I dude. I was kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. Are no, you I out of your goddamn mind? I actually have not had you watch that one movie. I thought I did, but no. Like, there's two I've watched with the catacombs, and they all start with those parties. That's why I was saying that, and then I realized I have not had you watch those. It never ends well. I don't think I. It never ends well. No, like, it doesn't. I I gathered as much. Yeah. No. I don't think I could ever watch those movies. To be honest, they're a lot of fun. They are. I mean, as fun as horror movies can get, I suppose. If you like horror movies, they're a lot of fun. If you don't like <laughs> horror movies, ignore what I just said. I want to go to one of those underground parties with you so bad. I've seen enough videos since I was younger, way younger. And I want to do it. Right. Before I die. Before I get way too old. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> almost there. Almost. Yeah, right. right. I'm going to be 45 in April. 45. 45 you old fart i'm just joking <laughs> your face no no no. i wasn't doing that because you said that I oh i like, know no. I, I know like, oh my god like 45 45 like, god damn it chantal just turned 30 okay so funny thing josh knows that chantal is closer to him in age he knew it was her birthday coming up and i was like yeah her 30th birthday and he was like wait she's like 30 and i was like well yeah he's like but you just met her and i was like yeah like seven years ago and then he was like, she was my age when you met her? I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh my God, that's so weird. He couldn't wrap his mind around it. Holy shit. She was my age when you met her and now she's 30 and he's 23. And anyway, it's yeah, a funny a trip. trip. It is a trip. And it was, it was funny for him to realize that. And I have a lot of younger friends. I have a lot of older, like way older friends too. Mm -hmm. Age just doesn't matter to me. So that I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, and especially because now he's 23 and that's how old I was. I think, like, I think that's what's probably... I think that what, that's what hit him. Yeah, I think that's what probably hit him. It was yeah. like, whoa. Because he was a teenager at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was doing his own thing. I barely ever even saw Josh. Oh, yeah. I know. So, like, honestly, I don't even remember a lot of Josh as a teenager because I'd barely seen him. Mm -hmm. At least now he comes out. Yeah, at least cave. now he comes out out of his cave. <laughs> And I love and, seeing Josh. Yeah, and he interacts with us and stuff. Yeah. And he never really did a lot of that before. He comes out. He totally, you and him, you guys treat each other like siblings. Yeah, he's like my brother. 
Yeah, he is like my brother. You guys treat each other like siblings, and I think it's hilarious. I feel like before we know it, Cecily's going to be 10. Yes. Before we fucking know it. Yeah. I know. But anyways, yeah, we've known so each great. other for seven years, but it feels like way longer. Yeah, it feels like I've known you way longer than yeah. that. Yeah. I feel like I've known you forever, but not long enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. It's pretty, pretty great. For sure. It is pretty great. And you've yeah. watched my fucking little shithead grow into a bigger shithead <laughs> i'm watching your little shitheads grow into a bigger shithead <laughs> that's right you are yeah i was even gonna say you're not only gonna watch cecily grow up as well but also now felicity too well, yeah that's why i said shitheads yeah, yeah shitheads yeah <laughs> and yeah we get to watch it all over again with chipmunk anyways so anything else you want to talk about before we get into our stories yes okay go on diana has adopted her fifth snake isoka why don't you tell everybody about Isoka? So who's sitting right beside me on the floor? She is. She's so beautiful. She is a gorgeous, From gorgeous ball the python. Few inches that I see of her <laughs> right five now. foot body. So my friend Sierra, who you guys have heard a lot about, our friend Sierra, our friend Sierra. Our sorry, friend. sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it's I'm okay. Sorry. Don't be sorry. I were it's okay. Sierra had messaged me a post on Kijiji. And someone was looking to rehome a 14-year-old ball python. I went and picked her up today. She's actually 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And the couple that rescued her got her from a, a pet store that had her in a box. And I've I've seen these. Ugh. I've seen these yeah. boxes. Breeding, like, they're like breeding yeah, boxes. Exactly. And they bred her her whole life. And then all of a sudden she was of it's no use to them anymore. So this family rescued her. But they just recently sold their house and are downsizing. And they have other reptiles. It's not their only snake. They have other reptiles and stuff. And they have nearly not enough space for all of them. So they've been looking for a good home. Yeah. And I got to meet her husband today and her daughter, actually, and their dog. So cute. She was part Great Dane, part Mastiff. Oh, beautiful. Black. So cute. Then he came out with her all set up and he started telling me the story that she was in a box when they rescued her. So they've had her for a little while and they just can't because of the space they're going into. There's just not enough room. Yeah. And they've had other people ask to adopt her and they were looking for someone that had experience. And I definitely do. I'm going to give her a, a happy retirement. Yeah. They obviously saw that she was not in a good situation and rescued her. And then they were looking for someone else that could give her a good retirement home. And she will be with me for oh, forever. the rest yeah. of her her life oh the other thing he told me is that the pet store that she was at when they had live interactions with animals it was always her that they brought up yeah so she so, was like the floor sales model yeah basically and it was always her just being bombarded with all of this attention not necessarily good attention people who don't know how to handle snakes yeah. are being too rough with her just she doesn't feel like being held so yes i have a fifth snake now and I'm so happy that I get to live her retirement years with her. Right? Yeah, I'm really happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that you have her for re her retirement too. And and yeah, and then you'll when you retire, you'll you'll both be retired together. Oh my god, yes, we will. Retired together. Yep. Because... And then she'll be an old biddy by then. And so will I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when she's old, like when she's old, like 30, you'll be 60. That's not old, though. 60 is not old. I mean, it's older, but it's not old. You're right. 
hopefully I'll have her for a very long time and she'll be happy with me. Of course she'll be happy with you. I think so. I think so. I think it's cool that you adopted another snake. Yeah. So nothing else to talk about, eh? No, I think I'm good. I think, yeah, we've talked about a lot. We talked about a lot. Yeah. I think I'm good. Do you feel good? I feel good. I feel good. Oh, there's something else I want to bring up. Okay. I knew there was something else. Even though I was like, no, I'm good. Deep down, I was like, what? Um, What I wanted to bring up was for anyone in Kelowna or the Okanagan area, March 25th, come to Gotham. There's going to be a rap show. And both of our really good friend, Jesse, and his handle is Chronic Walters. He's going to be performing as well as a bunch of other artists. Like, yeah, I'm so excited. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So fun. And Gotham is amazing. Tony and Eddie, the owners, they are fantastic. Yeah, they are. They're my old bosses, and I've always said that they are two of the best bosses I've ever had. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, 25th, March 25th. Yep. Chantal and I are going to be there. Hell, yeah. And other awesome fans are going to be there. Hell, yeah. So anybody that wants to be there... If you're awesome, if you're awesome, be there. If you're not, you suck. <laughs> I'm sorry that you suck. But anyway. Yep. <laughs> so, with all that said, I think that since it's been so long since you've been on the podcast, mm-hmm. you need to tell your story first. Okay. I am so okay with that because I want to tell it so bad. So go nuts. Okay, cool. Oh read. my God, I've been dying to, to read, read this to you. Okay. And to... See if you know about this. Okay, I'm curious. Yes. Okay. All right. So my sources are Wikipedia, irishtimes.com, and Dr. Todd Grande. He is a therapist, psychologist, who runs a YouTube channel. He's amazing. Okay. Amazing. Highly recommend him. Oh, and I've also actually wanted to give a shout out to to Mr. Ballin. He is absolutely incredible. John Ballin. Check him out on YouTube, TikTok, and all of that stuff. Instagram. He's so great. He's such a great storyteller. I've told you about Mr. Ballin before, hey? Sounds familiar. I've even actually, I've watched his uh, YouTube channel in the kitchen before while I was cooking and stuff. Okay. As well as Fundy Fridays. But yeah, he's amazing. Okay, anyways, back to to the scheduled programming. (laughs) So yeah, sources, Wikipedia, irishtimes.com, and Dr. Todd Grande. And I named my story Forgotten. Trigger warning for suicide, mental health problems, specifically severe depression, other disturbing content surrounding suicide. Listener's discretion is strongly advised. This is definitely going to be one of those stories for me today, friends. One of my unorthodox stories that I need to tell other people about before I explode. (laughs) Today's story is about a journalist and very troubled soul named Christine Chubbuck. It sounds so familiar. Okay, keep going. Christine was born in Hudson, Ohio on August 24th, 1944. She was a middle child with two brothers and her parents' names were George and Peg. Christine attended an all-girls school in Cleveland, Ohio, and at the age of only 16, she was groomed by a 23-year-old man. They technically started dating, but luckily, not long after this bullshit transpired, he was killed in a car accident Hmm. and never missed ever again by anyone. In 1965, Christine studied at Boston University and gained her degree in broadcasting. She then worked for a television station in Cleveland, Ohio, and Canton, Ohio, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She also had a love interest in Pittsburgh, which was one of the reasons why she moved there. 
However, it ultimately fell apart. Christine deeply wanted a connection with a man. She wanted a boyfriend, but struggled majorly with social interactions, dating, and unfortunately, Christine had no friends either. Christine struggled with mental health challenges. She was extremely depressed, had difficulties with mood swings, as well as having intense suicidal thoughts and feelings. She did seek professional help regarding her mental health struggles. However, it's fair to question how much of it was actually beneficial. Not to mention, one of her psychologists didn't take her feelings of being suicidal seriously. What a prick! Yep. In roughly 1972, Christine moved to their family's summer cottage in Siesta Key, Florida. After her mother and father divorced, her mother and younger brother Greg moved into the summer cottage with her, and they were all extremely close. When Greg moved out, her older brother Tim moved in. Christine described Greg and her mother to be her best friends. She would open up to them about her depression and suicidal feelings. Her mother was too afraid to tell her employment that she was suicidal because Peg was concerned that they would just fire her. And based on the times of the early 70s, and I mean, that in itself, the stigma around it, and she was a woman, yeah. they probably would have fired her. Yeah. She was basically lucky to have a journalist job, period. Yep. They would have totally canned her. Her mother and brothers always encouraged her to continue attending therapy, and considering the decade, I'm actually quite impressed. Yeah. Yeah. In 1974, Christine took a job in St. Petersburg, Florida, at a broadcasting station called WXLT, and she was hired as a reporter. Eventually, Christine was given her own talk show that she hosted called The Suncoast Digest. The talk show had approximately 500 viewers and was focused on community affairs. Christine took this role seriously. She had also been nominated for a Forestry and Conservation Recognition Award by the Bradenton, I hope I'm saying that right, District Office of the Florida Division of Forestry. On July 15, 1974, Christine told her studio co-workers that she needed to read something different off of the teleprompter in the beginning of the introduction of Suncoast Digest. This was the first time she ever made a request to change the format. Christine sat at the news anchor desk and by 9.30 a.m. tapes were rolling. Within the span of eight minutes, she read the casting of three national stories and a local story regarding a shooting in a restaurant. At this time, a clip was supposed to roll, but it got jammed and Christine never stopped talking. She said, quote, In keeping with Channel 40's policy of bringing you the latest in blood and guts, in loving color, you're going to see another first unattempted suicide, end quote. Christine gave a very dishonest and forced pursed lip smile and reached into her bag beside her and raised a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson she had, purchased only a few days earlier, and put the barrel behind her right ear and shot herself in the head. Her body, from what I understand, violently hit the table and then Christine slid out of her chair onto the floor. Unfortunately, the technical director didn't have enough time to end broadcasting, so thousands of people watched her commit suicide on live air. The broadcasting eventually faded to black and credits ran. Civilians began call calling police and calling into the station to ask if Christine was okay and if it was staged or real. Christine's co-workers were initially angry with her because they thought she was joking. Upon realizing she was not joking and she had indeed shot herself in the head, Christine was rushed to Sarasota Memorial Hospital where she was pronounced dead after 14 hours. Days following her suicide, Christine had reached out to the director 
about feeling suicidal, as well as her plan to commit suicide on air. He basically brushed it off and changed the subject, which completely fits the 1974 mental health narrative. Mm -hmm. Christine's body was cremated and her ashes were scattered at a beach in the Gulf of Mexico and 120 people attended her funeral. Christine was dealing with many complexities surrounding her depression. For instance, she was very self-depreciating. She would call herself dateless and was extremely hard on herself and upset about the fact that she had only been on a couple dates with a man and was a virgin at 30 years old. Her thing. Yeah. Christine would also become very defensive if anyone paid her any compliments and would immediately reject them. Compliments. She had also recently endured an operation to have her right ovary removed, and the doctor told her that because of this, her window to conceive was severely impacted. She had two to three years, or the odds would be extremely unlikely, and she wanted kids. Christine had also attempted suicide in 1970 when she OD'd on prescription medication. She often referenced to it and never seemed capable of reconciling with her past or coming to terms with her current reality. Christine's story and death was tragic. It was spread worldwide immediately, but seemingly forgotten about in months, which to me feels very ominous considering that's how Christine seemed to feel forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Greg Chubbuck spoke publicly about his sister for the first time in 2007, 33 years after her passing. The footage of her suicide does exist. However, it is locked up at a very large law firm and will never be released to the public, nor should it be. Once was more than enough. Yeah. And that is the tragic story of Christine Chubbuck and her live air suicide. I do know about it. I didn't know all the details about it. That's so sad. It's pretty sad, hey? It's so tragic. I remember when I heard about that years, years ago. I was like, what? And just like became fascinated with this story and not to like glamorize it or anything of like, I'm not trying to, yeah, I would never try and glamorize her suicide, but just like the concept of it all and just like how tragic and like, what was this woman going through? Yeah. None of us glamorize it. I I mean, at least I don't think so. Like those of us that read these stories and yeah you know what i mean like we don't glamorize it yeah it's, totally mm-mm. that is uh so fucking sad isn't it there's a movie about it too and it's What's it actually called? there's two movies yeah i was gonna bring this up i'm gonna look up the other one i can't remember yeah the one but the other one is called christine and rebecca hall is in it and she's such a good actress hmm. she plays christine chubbuck okay and so we have to watch that so there's Christine that was made in 2016. And then what is the other one? Ah, I don't know. I can't find it. It's okay. But yeah, there is another one. But anyways, I've seen the preview for Christine and it looks really good. Okay. And so we definitely have to watch it. And it's just honestly, it's it's so tragic too for her. I mean, obviously in every single way. And obviously her looks is like not... Anything that, that's, like, remotely important considering she lost her life and everything and her worth as a woman and a human, right? But I just, I also, like, just my heart breaks for her because she was so pretty. She's beautiful. Beautiful woman. Right. Good job, dude. That was Thank a you. really 
good story and the way you you told it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I've been dying to write about that. That was pretty gripping. Thank you. Holy fuck. Thank you. I appreciate that. I wanted it to be gripping. Yeah, and it was. And I'm so sad for her. I'm just happy that the world, it's, it's not perfect. No. But it's definitely recognizing things that were definitely not recognized before. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't wait to hear your story. Yes. Okay. So my sources are allthatsinteresting.com, Wikipedia, ABC, Seven News on Your Side, and Washington Post. So my triggers are murder and rape. My story today is about the gruesome Lululemon murder. Jaina Murray was the victim of this vicious murder. Are you familiar with this? Like the Okay. So for those of you that don't know, Lululemon Athletica is a company that sells leggings. Yeah. yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, the murder or just the leggings? The murder. You do? Okay. Now All right. I know what you mean. Okay. <laughs> So they are uh, the company that sells leggings and other like athletic style clothing. They were founded in Vancouver in 1998. And by the early 20, uh, 20,000, 2010, how do you say 20? 2000. <laughs> Please keep your, your mix up on it, though. Uh, that was hilarious. Oh, OK. I'll think about it. So by the early 2010s. They were extremely well-known and very popular across the globe. They were everywhere. Like, seriously, they were fucking everywhere. Do you they remember were. that? Oh, yeah. Like, everything was Lululemon this, Lululemon that. Oh, I remember. Like, and girls... it didn't matter the cost, by the way. No, I know, and they're so expensive. That's my point. Girls would be walking in the street with Lululemon pants, Lulu, uh-huh. those really thick-ass Lululemon hoodies, Lululemon headband. Yeah. Everything. There's okay. sports bra underneath. Pay thousand dollars for those leggings. It's all good. Yeah, right. It's it was ridiculous. Anyway. They're so expensive. So expensive. Honestly, though, holy crap, they make your ass look amazing. Well, their yoga pants. Great. Holy fuck. Not just that though. I don't like in terms of cost. Um, they actually will last for fucking ever though. And I have and heard, there's silver in them. I have. Heard, oh, yeah. I don't think I knew that. I'm pretty sure I did not know that. Okay. That's so bizarre. But I have heard that they do last a very, very yeah, long time. they last years. Right. Okay. So the company was making headlines all the time because they were growing so much in popularity. Yep. And everyone fucking loved them. But in March of 2011, the company made headlines that year for the horrible and gruesome murder I'm going to discuss today. So, Jana Murray was an employee at their Bethesda, Maryland location. I know I'm not saying that right. Sorry, dudes. This poor woman was murdered by her coworker Brittany Norwood, for the dumbest fucking reason. Yep. Unfortunately, Jana was doing her job and caught Brittany trying to steal a pair of those famous fucking stupid leggings that make your ass look great. And this brought on the gruesome attack and her murder. Jana was a 30-year-old graduate student at John Hopkins University. She wanted to work at Lululemon because she wanted to meet other active people like like herself. Yeah. She just didn't know where to go. So, 
hey, good opportunity. This is where she met her 29-year-old co-worker, Brittany. On March 11th of 2011, both women were working the closing shift. The Baltimore Sun reports that the two women checked each other's bags at the end of the night shift. As this was a store fucking policy, by the way. Yeah. This is when Jaina found the pair of leggings in Brittany's bag and she clearly hadn't paid for them. If it's a store policy, I do not understand this. Why steal? You know they're going to check your fucking shit at the end I of the know, night. Right? So why that the fuck make steal? Sense. Yeah. Fucking psycho klepto bitch. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. They both left the store at about 9.45 p.m. And at this point, Jenna called her store manager to tell her what happened. So she called her. Brittany then called Jaina shortly after and told her that she had forgotten her wallet at the store and needed to go back and grab it. 20 minutes later, they both re-entered the store. Not long after they had re-entered the store, employees at the next-door neighbor Apple store mm. heard some shit going down. They shared a wall, basically, the yeah. two stores. Yeah. So according to the ABC 7 News, one of the Apple employees heard a woman say, quote, don't do this. Talk to me. What's going on? End quote. Ugh, that's ominous. Then all they heard was yelling and arguing for about 10 minutes. Then they heard the same voice say, quote, God help me. Please help me. End quote. The Apple employees did not call the police because they thought it was just two women having an argument and, quote, just drama, end quote. Regardless if wow. that is what you think is going on, call the fucking police. Unbelievable. Just call the police. Like, how would have that affected your night? Right. There's actual footage from a security camera from within the Apple store where you see both of the employees stand up against the wall with their ears listening to what was going on. They were basically listening to a woman getting murdered. And they just walked away from the wall, didn't call the police. That was that. If those people are ever listening, y'all are fucking idiots. Yep. And you should be ashamed of yourselves. Just a little bit. You could have saved her life. Yeah. Could have saved her fucking life. Yeah. But no, it was just girls, just just drama. drama. Fuck all the way off. Yep. Fuck all the way off. Yep. So the morning after the murder, the store manager, unfortunately, walked into the bloody murder scene. Her name was Rachel Ortali. She called the authorities and said, quote, there's two people in the back of my store. One person seems dead and the other person is breathing, end quote. When the police arrived, they found Jaina face down in a pool of her own blood and Brittany was zip tied in the bathroom. They freed Brittany and when questioned, she flat out lied about what had happened and created a crazy fucking story. She told them that she forgot her wallet. So both her and her and Jaina went back to the store And this is when two masked men followed them into the store. They were both raped by both these men. And then they murdered Jaina and let Brittany live. They used zip ties to tie Brittany up in the washroom. According to an article in the Washington Post, the reason why they let Brittany live was because 
She was way more fun to have sex with. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Anyway, please. Okay, re- Brittany. Right? She's way more fun to have sex with. Let's let, let her live. So okay, other rapists psychopath. could have. Yeah, clearly. Police were suspicious of everything she was saying when she was giving her statement to the events of the night, and they had their doubts clearly. What she was saying didn't fit with any of the evidence they found at the murder scene, but they treated her like a victim regardless and believed her story. This led to a manhunt for the two guys that committed the murder and rape. They questioned other stores in the area and asked if any customers had purchased any ski masks recently. They even found a man that matched Brittany's description and they followed him. Detective Dimitri Ruven had questioned Brittany numerous times and later said, quote, It's just like this little voice in the back of my head. Something's just not right. The way Brittany's describing these two guys, they're racist, they're rapists. They're robbers. They're murderers. It's just like the worst human being you could ever possibly describe, right? End quote. Every time the police spoke with Brittany, they started noticing that the details in her story were consistently changing. She had told the police that she had never been in Jaina's car, but they later found her blood on the vehicle's door handle, gear shift, and steering wheel. Brittany was finally arrested on March 18th of 2011 for the murder of Jaina Murray. So, this is when her trial began. Mary Ripple, the deputy chief medical examiner for the state of Maryland, told the jurors that Jaina had no fewer than 331 injuries all over her body and that these injuries came from at least five different weapons. Her head and face were badly bruised and covered in cuts, and the blow that finally killed her was likely a stab wound to the back of her neck that severed her spinal cord and went all the way through to her brain. That's some fucking anger. That is some rage. Rage. That's the word I was looking for. That is fucking rage. Like, what the fuck? Hey, train wreck, this isn't your station. The deputy chief medical examiner said, quote, That area of the brain is pretty critical to your being able to function. She wouldn't have lived a very long time after that. She would not have been able to have any voluntary movement to defend herself at that point. End quote. Her injuries were so horrific that her family had to have a closed casket at her funeral. Oh my God. 331 injuries. That is insane. Stab that severed her spinal cord and went into her brain. Yep. That would be like this. Yeah. Up her neck. Oh, I know. Right through her spinal cord into her brain. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. Yeah. For a pair of fucking pants, by the way. So everyone, in case everyone forgot that, a pair of fucking pants. Yep. That that was the uh, the the drop that made the bucket run over. Yep. A pair of fucking leggings. Yep. Unbelievable. Here's a list of the weapons that Brittany had used to commit Jaina's murder. She used a hammer, a knife, a merchandise peg, a rope, and a box cutter. After the murder, Brittany moved Jaina's car to a different parking lot 
about three blocks away. And she sat in the car for about, they're saying about an hour and a half, just to try and come up with a plan or a story to explain what had happened. Because it was so fucking gruesome. She then went back to the store and took money from the cash register to stage the robbery. She sliced open her own forehead and cut a gash into Jaina's pants so that it looked like she had been raped. Brittany then put on a pair of size 14 men's shoes and jumped into a puddle of blood and walked around the store to make it look like it was a male that had attacked them. Last but not least, she tied her own hands and feet with zip ties and went into the washroom and waited for someone to find her. While conducting their investigation, they found out that Brittany had a bad habit of stealing and lying in her past. On at least one occasion, she had left a hair salon without paying and claimed that someone had stolen her wallet from her bag. Brittany's former soccer team mate, Liana Yeist, said, quote, She was my best friend in college. We had a falling out because the girl was like a klepto, end quote. She claims that Brittany would steal money and clothes from her. Lululemon had suspicions that Brittany was stealing from them, but they couldn't fire her because they had no proof. It was just suspicion, right? Mm -hmm. So this is fucking horrible and so sad because they finally had proof, but someone had to die for it. The trial began in January of 2012 and lasted for six days. Brittany's lawyers did not deny that she had murdered Jaina. But they did argue that this murder was not premeditated. Defense attorney Douglas said, quote, that day there was nothing going on between Jaina Murray and Brittany Norwood. The absence of a motive is an indication it is not premeditated. That is not a crime of motive. That is a crime of passion, end quote. The jury did not fall for their bullshit. One of the jurors said, quote, I asked who thought it was first degree murder and everyone raised their hands, end quote. In January of 2012, Brittany was found guilty of first degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole and is in the Maryland Correctional Institution for Women. Judge Robert Greenberg stated in the sentencing hearing, quote, you're one hell of a liar, ma'am, end quote. And that is my crazy story of a woman that tried to steal pants and ended up fucking murdering another one that caught her. Unbelievable. It's crazy, hey? It's bullshit. That story is so upsetting. I know. Good. Great job, job. though. Thank you. Yeah, you did a great job telling that and everything. And awesome. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Thank you. Well, that is our stories for the night. That is it for tonight. I am so tired. Me too. God so, damn, I am tired. Social media, guys. I know we haven't been on much of them, but sorry. But yeah, our main one, I suppose, is email. Myrideordiepodcast at gmail.com. Then we have our Facebook at Podcast. We have our Instagram at Podcast, And other stuff, which we are not really on. And that's that. <laughs> that's that. This okay. has been so great. I'm so happy to be back. Yay. Finally. Yay. Going to get back on track with this. Totally. And uh, like Diana said, we haven't had much of a presence on social media, but that is going to change. Yes. 
We will get back on track. We will. We're back, bitches. Thank you, bitches. And thank you guys so much for all the support. And we see yes. we see everyone listening to our episodes, and we appreciate you guys so much. Oh, we love you guys. You're the bomb. So much. Dot com. Yep. Okay, good night, bitches. Peace out. Bye. Bye.